0: It's so important to me that we prioritize the downtime as well, the time outside of work, so that we can be our best selves when we're showing up for our fellow team members and our beloved students. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. I have a question for you. Have you ever tracked how you felt at the end of a work week, like really tracked it so that you had data to look back at. So if you have, did you analyze what happened during the week that may have contributed to these feelings? Like, were you extra stressed? What happened? Why were you? Or did you feel pretty good at the end of the week? What contributed to that? I know that this may sound like something to save for therapy maybe, but checking in with yourself And the goals that you've set out to achieve is personally something that I've been working on every single week, and I have felt the difference. If anything, it's just given me insight so that I can make different decisions to move toward how I would love to feel at the end of each week. Because of the positive impact that I've been seeing with my own personal check-ins, it occurred to me that it's even more important for me to do this with my team. And as you likely know, if you follow this podcast, we've been working with a consultant this year, and this idea of tracking the wellness of my team Came from my consultant Brian at Growth Tools, something he explained to us. And then we thought, you know what? This is something that we absolutely want to implement with our team. And I thought maybe you would want to implement it with your team as well. So I'm going to give you all the details. Basically, this year we have been working on and implementing a company wide wellness initiative with the ultimate goal of providing a healthier and happier work environment for my team. Now, as a business owner, it's a common practice to write out your company's core values, right? I'm guessing you probably have done that, which are the cultural cornerstones of the business that direct every team member toward a common goal and a shared purpose. Oftentimes, we might write out our list and then forget to share these core values with everyone else or to continue to share them on an ongoing basis. Like revisiting is something that I'm really trying to get better at because I'm notorious for setting goals and then not looking at them for a very long time. Luckily, we have things in place in the business where now we look at everything every single week, but without those processes, I just would never do it. So I'm glad that we've taken that seriously and made it part of our weekly habits, essentially. So here's the thing. I took some time to revisit the core values of my business with my CEO, Jaws, and there was one in particular that stood out to me that I felt like we just weren't living up to. So keep listening, and I'm going to share more about that core value in a moment. But when we looked at all our core values and we realized there's this one that we're just not really respecting, I guess, It got me thinking, I can write out all the core values that I believe in and maybe even carry out on a daily basis, but at the end of the day, how will I really know if I'm upholding them if I don't have any metrics to track? I know, I know, I measure everything. I think my team and I, were a little bit of data nerds and we love metrics, but your next best business move is always hidden in plain sight which essentially is in the numbers. So you might be thinking, how in the world can I tie a metric to a core value? I promise, my friend, there is a way to measure everything. You just have to get creative here. And that's what we have done with what we call our wellness tracker. So here's why this episode could be useful to you. I noticed that the state of my team's stress and happiness was, well, not improving. And it was the result of overwhelm and overworking. And I think this is very normal. We all go through ebbs and flows where there's times when I feel like my team is not overworking and they're feeling good. And then there's a lot of times where I think, Ooh, we probably have just piled on too much. And at the end of the day, I don't care how much of a productive working machine you and your team might be. We can burnout, right? You've probably been there many times. I have. And the only way to prevent burnout is to catch the signs early. And that's the whole point of this wellness tracker, to catch those signs early and make a change fast so we preserve the happiness of our team and of ourselves, whether you're a team of one or a team of 100. So in this episode, I'm going to share a little bit about how the idea of a wellness tracker came about and how it ties into our core values. I'll also share with you the factors that we are measuring and how we're measuring them, as well as the tools that we are utilizing to collect the data. It's much simpler than you might think. So my hope is that you can take what you learn here and use it in your own business. So let's get started. All right. So that core value that I mentioned earlier that we've been struggling with, it is to prioritize intentional margin. Intentional margin acts as the buffer that we give ourselves throughout our weekly tasks and priorities, basically to offset some of the stress and overwhelm and feeling like everything is back to back to back and we don't have any time for air or any time for something to take longer than we had planned. So if you look at all of my company values, one of them will be listed as intentional margin. And this is what it says. We prioritize the downtime so that we can be our best when we are showing up for ourselves, our team members, and our students. So downtime could be a 20-minute break between projects, but it could also be taking off Fridays like we do with a four-day work week on my team. So it can be small, it can be big, but intentional margin encompasses all of that time. It's basically time to breathe because when you have margins, most typically they come in the form of space and time. And they're intended, like I said, to give you breathing room. Because with a little bit of breathing room, you are given a moment to reset and recharge before tackling the next priority. And if I'm gonna put it in the most simplest terms, if we're talking about a day-to-day work schedule, it's time to pee and eat lunch. Okay, if we're gonna get really simple and sorry, a little crass. I know you've been there where you're sitting at your computer, you've been working for three hours straight and you realize, oh my gosh, I have to pee so bad, I'm gonna pee my pants right now. Like I haven't even gotten up and you're starving and can't even think straight. We have all been there, whether you work in an office or you're working from home, you just get into the work and you don't have any breathing room. One of my least favorite things to do is I work from home and basically upstairs, I call it Amy Porterfield Headquarters. I have my studio, my office, a media room. I can use it all for working and I move around through all all the rooms. I'm, I'm very lucky to have that space because I know what it's like not to. So yeah. And when I go downstairs to get a cup of coffee, when I have a schedule that's back to back to back to back, and sometimes that happens with no margin, and I run downstairs to get a cup of coffee and I see Hobie. My least favorite thing, and he hates this as well, is, hey babe, I can't talk, I've got a meeting in two minutes, love you, bye. And I run back upstairs. And I haven't seen him for hours and hours. And so I just hate that feeling of always being in a hurry. And so intentional margin has absolutely been something that I think allows me to enjoy the work and also allows me to be better at the work that I'm doing. I have a clearer mind when I have breathing space throughout my day and throughout the week. So, in its simplest form, it's you taking an actual lunch hour that's margin. You get to recharge, refocus. I've got a girlfriend who said, Listen, I'm gonna make a confession, but I take an hour break every day. She's in the same industry I'm in. And she says, Sometimes I even watch Real Housewives or Selling Sunset. Is that what that show is called? That's the one I don't know well, but you know, just the reality Bravo shows. And she says it just allows me to fully disconnect. And then once my hour's up and I eat my lunch and I watch a show or two, sometimes I'm back at it and I'm my best self. Whatever works, my friend. But if you're not taking that time, it really does make a difference. Also, if you're not fueling your body in the day, this is kind of a side note. And this is something I've learned the hard way. You're not going to make it to five or six, depending on how late you work. I did an episode with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, and we talked about some tips to get in more protein and more nutritional meals. That was a really big hit episode. People loved it. So it's episode 617. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 617. We just talk about having a healthier lifestyle and what that can do to basically your bottom line. But anyway, getting back to our intentional margin. If you build it into your day, into your week, into your month, you keep your momentum up, your motivation is strong, and you have more free time to do what's most important. In our case, since I have a team of 20 plus employees all over the US, we want our team members to implement intentional margin throughout their day. But we're also looking at this from a wider view and identifying where we can implement intentional margin throughout the week, which is how our four-day work week was born. It's so important to me that we prioritize the downtime as well, the time outside of work, so that we can be our best selves when we're showing up for our fellow team members and our beloved students. So this past year, after hiring a consulting company that has helped me just look at the whole company, the good, bad, and ugly, I realized that we weren't really living by this core value that has been so important to me as a leader. Now, this realization occurred about halfway through the year, so Jaws, my CEO, started polling our team to see where we were at. And from those results, we knew something needed to change in order to create a happier workplace. I mean, I really should have started with that. That's really what my aim is. I want a happier workplace. Remember that I worked in corporate up until I started this business. So up until 14 years ago, which now feels like a lifetime, it felt like a lifetime of working in corporate. And I didn't want my business to feel like corporate at all. I didn't want my team members to feel like they were tied to their desk. I didn't want them to feel as though they couldn't enjoy their life because they were always thinking about their work. And so it was important to me that I created a happy workplace. And for so long, I thought I did. But then we started to realize, hmm, our employees are really taxed right now. They're really overwhelmed. And I noticed this around the time that I started creating that coaching program. You know, the one that I built up and planned to launch. And within like a few days before I launched it, I ended it, I canceled it. I did an entire episode about this. So if you haven't listened, it's episode 614. So remember, when I tell you an episode number, it's just amyporterfield.com forward slash 614. That episode was why I decided to cancel my coaching program days before it launched. And this coaching program had millions of dollars tied to it. But what I realized was that my team was so unhappy during that time. And we were going to get ready soon for Digital Course Academy, which is a huge launch in my company. So when I realized that, really became a goal of mine to get a system in place that would improve the wellness of my team because I quite literally cannot do any of this without them. Definitely not to this scale, nor do I want to. So I want my team to stay with me. We tease they're going to be with me until they're 80. And I really, really want that to happen. So we've just recently rolled out our company-wide wellness tracker. Now, this wellness tracker not only gives us a pulse on how our team members are feeling, but it gives us metrics, measurable results that we can analyze numerically. Now, I want to go back to that word feeling because so much of our happiness is based on how we feel. If one of my team members hits their goal, they're likely going to feel really happy. However, this tracker made me realize that one of my team members did hit her goal and her happiness level was at a five out of 10. And so I realized, wait a second, now we're hitting goals and some of my team members aren't happy. Like that's really off, right? That was such great intel for me. It, It stung, but I had to look into it even deeper. So it's about how my team members are feeling, but also putting it into metrics so that we can actually measure so that we can get better. So with our new wellness tracker, we were able to see the blind spots and the challenges that we couldn't see before. Like, oh my gosh, you hit a goal and you're still not happy. What's underneath that? So when coming up with this tracker, and I need to give Jaws, my CEO, all the credit here because she spearheaded this entire effort. We asked ourselves, how do we know that we've accomplished Intentional margin, which brings me to our metrics and how we are measuring the wellness and happiness of our team. These are abstract things to measure, so this has definitely been a challenge to figure out. Our first metric reflects the stress and happiness averages of the team. So, throughout some testing, we determined a goal that we would ideally like to meet each month. So, we wanted our team to experience low stress and high happiness. So that was our goal. And then we would have our team rate that to see how close we were to an average of low stress and high happiness. Of course, people are going to have weeks where they're more stressed or they're unhappy. And some of that has nothing to do with work, right? I remember when I was an employee, Many times, unfortunately, I would bring in the stress of my personal life, if I was going through something really hard, into the workplace. It's almost impossible not to. So I'm well aware that stress and unhappiness could come from anywhere, but we had to start somewhere. So if we can compare the stress and happiness metrics of our team to the goal metric, then we're able to see the trajectory of our company culture. So if these metrics are consistently spiking month over month, then we know something isn't right, like high stress, low happiness. If we're seeing an average of that, we know something's off. And that will prompt us to figure out the core cause that's contributing to stressed and unhappy team members, like building a coaching program before we were really ready and had the bandwidth to do so. So we identified that quickly and we changed it. all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. So how exactly are we collecting this information in these metrics? To start the week off, every Monday, employees receive an Asana task. Asana is the tool I use to manage all my projects. It's like Trello or Monday or Basecamp, those kind of things. So every Monday, our employees receive an Asana task. Now, the Asana task houses a spreadsheet and a simple form And just a few quick reminders of why we're doing this and why it's important to the health of our team and the company. So we just remind them why we do this every Monday. Now in the form, they are filling out their weekly metrics for the week prior. So they'll think back and ask themselves, okay, last week, how was my stress level? What instances might've contributed to higher stress? Or what support did I receive that helped ease my stress? And then they'll rate their stress level on a scale of high, medium, and low. So they're thinking back to the week that they just had. And then we ask them to do the same thing for their happiness. And as silly as it might sound, I want them to think back of the week they just had. Did they have a meeting that it was actually a lot of fun, that we did some really cool brainstorming? Did they have a moment with a team member? Like we have a Slack channel that's called like Just For Fun. Did they post something funny in there? Did they have like a great conversation about their personal life with one of their coworkers? Like, I want them to think back about just all the things that happened and did they have a good week? Also, I want them to feel accomplished because maybe they closed out a major task that they've been working on forever. So first we ask their stress level and then we ask their happiness rating, also high, medium, low. And then we ask them their confidence, which would be high, medium, or low, in hitting their goals for the week because they tell us, what are your main goals for the week? And they tell us, and then we say, what is your confidence in actually hitting these? And then also on this form, we collect an estimate of how many hours they worked that week. So if they logged... 10 hours a day, we know that they're working longer than intended. Or if they had to work on a Friday, we know that they're not able to take advantage of our four-day work week. So this is something that we absolutely want to know. So by knowing this information, we can open up the conversation with a team member and get to the root of what is causing the need for extra working hours. And then we can adjust accordingly. But if we never asked, we will never know And then with that, people start to get resentful. Like, you don't even know how many hours I'm working. Yeah, I have no clue. I've never asked you. So it's very useful because I'll tell you kind of to take us off track just a quick moment, but a few months ago, we realized that people were working Fridays. Not everyone, but a handful of people. We had no idea. And so we're just so proud of our four-day work week, but that has to include everyone. Everyone deserves that four-day work week, not just some people on the team. So we quickly like started to dive into that and fix it and make it really an intentional focus to allow people to enjoy their Fridays off. Now, another question that we ask on the forum is, how many shout-outs did you give last week? So that might seem like a weird question, but it's important for me and my team to that we foster a company culture that encourages people to support and recognize and celebrate each other on the team. And I want these shout outs to come from everybody within the company, not just me or my CEO. I want everybody to be contributing because I think that it's more meaningful when they do. So the reason for asking this question is to create awareness really. This in no way is an effort to shame or punish people for not doing it. It's just been concluded from several studies that the psychology of giving compliments boosts the mood of the giver, which is kind of cool, right? Not just the receiver. It also, of course, increases the receiver's perception of their own value as an employee, but it also feels good to the person who gave it. And that to me is gold right there, which brings me to another very important reason for why we're doing this. I want to make sure that each and every team member knows how their role enhances the company's mission and vision. I want them to know that all the small tasks they do daily feed into a larger goal. In my opinion, this is the source of why super large corporate companies might see a lot of turnover. If you don't see a purpose in what you are doing eight hours a day, four or five days a week, then your days will actually feel pointless. You won't feel empowered. And that doesn't feed anyone's soul, right? And so if someone on the team gave someone else a shout out, knowing that it's tied to a bigger goal, that feels good. So if you're interested in implementing a wellness tracker for yourself and your team, make sure that both you and your employees can articulate what their role is and how it serves the company so that they can really get on board with tracking on a regular basis and why it matters. Instill in them that they are part of something bigger and that their voice is valued. Encourage them to speak up and share their ideas and their opinions because those ideas could very well change the trajectory of the business for the better. I've been encouraging this for years now, especially for my leadership team, but now we're starting to work on the whole team. And I can't tell you how many ideas that we have implemented that I have not thought of have come from my team and have made the business better. Absolutely. One of the things that we've done successfully over the last few years is to have a concierge team during a launch. I have an entire episode on this where you can call in and talk to somebody before you buy my product just to make sure you're a good fit. While that initial idea came from me years ago, where it is now is well beyond what I envisioned for it. Josh on my team, who's the director of customer experience, he spearheaded that and came to us with many fantastic ideas that we have since implemented. He built a whole team out of this. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm loving. So if you feel as though you have a small team But every idea comes from you, and you are the one who's like most on fire about the company, and you've got all the ideas and you're just feeling like you're telling them what to do. Number one, remember that no one will ever care about your business as much as you do. I learned this from Gary Vee a long time ago that no one's going to be as excited about our business than us, right? So if you kind of take yourself out because you're skewing the results, you look at your team. They will absolutely get excited and treat this company as their own when you give them the opportunity to share the ideas and the insights and you actually implement some of those ideas. I think that's what started to change on my team when my team started to see us do the things that we absolutely said we wanted to do and those ideas came from team members. That changes everything. Also, when you do this and you tell your team you want to hear from them and you actually start implementing. You're going to reveal the hidden talents of your employees. The one employee I think about is Emery on my team. She used to be a community manager, and we encouraged her to post in the group, and she wrote a lot of copy for the groups, the communities, and we realized, hold on a second, this girl is a great copywriter. Well, fast forward a few years, and she is our number one copywriter on the team. She writes conversion copy And she's excellent at it. And it's taken her a few years to get there, but she actually came to us and said, I want to be a copywriter. We're like, wait, what? Like it wasn't even on our radar. But because I think we encouraged her to write this copy in the community, she realized she had this hidden talent. She didn't know. She didn't come on the team to be a copywriter. And then she realized, wait a second, I'm really good at this. They're encouraging me. So I love that she came to us and said, I want to be a copywriter. And she has been for many years now. And I think her best work was our last Digital Course Academy launch, blew it out of the water with that copy. So really proud of her. Okay. So back to tracking in general, but these shout outs that I mentioned when answering the question, how many shout outs did you give last week? I'm looking for an actual number. So if someone is filling this form out and they're like, oh, geez, I didn't give any. Well, they're going to put a zero, which is fine they're going to start thinking, Oh, last week I, I gave zero shout outs. I at least want to give one. So next week when I track this, I could put a one or a two in that little slot. So it's just to be more aware. Now, if there was an employee that for weeks and weeks and weeks, they just said zero, 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 we'd probably talk to them like, Hey, let's talk about why this isn't important to you. And what can we do so that it feels important to you? So it would be a conversation, but not right away. I put zero shout outs for last week, just for the record. I was really busy last week and I didn't work a full work week and I didn't give anyone a shout out. So sometimes it happens. But on average, we'd like to see even if it's one or two a week. So this is a great way for us to get a pulse on how our team is feeling because these shout outs really do contribute to both, remember, the givers and the receivers' happiness. Okay, moving on from the shout outs. The second part of the wellness tracker is the spreadsheet. So that was a form where there's just like a drop down where you choose low, medium, high, that kind of thing, or you choose a number. But now we're into the spreadsheet. Each department has their own spreadsheet with just two tabs in it. So the first tab displays their quarterly rocks. Rocks in our company are essentially goals. So every member of the team typically has anywhere from one to five rocks per quarter. And every department has their own rocks. So team members have their own rocks. Every department has their own rocks. So each week on a Monday, they just need to evaluate and notate the status of that rock. Like, is it on track? Is it off track? Have you started it? Is it done? That way, everybody on the team, including your manager, knows where it's at. And depending on the status, can go in and say, okay, What's going on here? If the rock is off track, do we need some extra support for you? Or what are the next steps to ensure this gets moving in the right direction? So it's a very helpful way to keep up a good progressive pace for the business as a whole. And then the last piece of our wellness tracker is that we fully subscribe to the full focus planner method. And if you've been hanging out with me for a while, then you know that I live by my full focus planner. Now, from this method, we've implemented what we call your weekly three and your daily three. So these are the top three outcomes that you are working toward each day and overall for the week. So completion of your daily three outcomes should be contributing to the completion of your weekly three outcomes, which are then helping you achieve your quarterly goals that are listed in that first tab. So on the second tab, that's where we want to know what are your weekly three that you're working on. So when our team is going through this exercise, we want them to think about how these micro goals are going to get them toward their quarterly goals. Not always easy, but it's definitely something we're very mindful of. So there's always a path that we are following and a destination in sight versus just blindly completing tasks with no consideration for purpose and priority. So tracking the weekly three have proven to be super helpful for my team members and my managers to stay on top of what we need to do to get to where we want to go. So that's another thing that we're tracking. So the weekly three for each team member And then that's when they come back on a Monday and say, did you hit those weekly three goals you set that are going to get you closer to your quarterly goals? So does that make sense? I hope it does. So with any big initiative like this, like a wellness tracker, it's always best to test it first. So after we came up with the metrics and the tracking process, and yours doesn't have to look exactly like mine, but keep it simple. Don't be tracking too much or you're never going to analyze any of it. But the first thing we did is we rolled it out to our leadership team. So JAWS had them fill it out, the form and that spreadsheet, every single Monday for an entire quarter. Back when we had our quarterly retreat in the beginning of October, Jaws sat down with them and asked a plethora of questions like, what worked? What didn't work? Was it super annoying to do this? Or was it useful? Were you completing it just to complete it? Or did you take the time to answer honestly? So she went to the leadership team after a quarter of them doing this and said, okay, what do you actually think about this? And then for Jaws, she reflected on her own experience with the tracker from like a manager's perspective and determined whether these prompts and questions were giving her the information she needed in order to cultivate a happy work environment because Jaws manages all the leaders in my team. So she had to ask herself, and I don't think we do this enough, like, is this helpful? I know we're doing this every week, but am I using the data? This is like, we gotta stop for a minute. If you're multitasking, come back to me. Everything you do in your business, you want to ask yourself, like, if you're doing it consistently, we do this every week, we create this report every week, or we plug in these numbers every week. Are you using the data? Is it useful to you? Are you actually going to it and making sense of it? When I worked in corporate, no, they would have us fill out all this stuff and then no one ever did anything with it. It took forever Oh, I remember these reports at Tony Robbins. I wanted to pull my hair out every single week when they were due. I hated them and I knew they weren't being utilized. And that just happens sometimes in corporate, right? And it's happened in my business as well. So that's why I love that Jaws sat down. Not only did she get feedback from the leadership team after testing it for a quarter, but she asked herself, am I using this data? Is it going to help me? Now, the good thing is her consensus was that it did the job that we set it to do. And we were able to gather a baseline of metrics that we would compare our company-wide metrics to once we rolled that out. So we got some metrics and then we could compare it to what the whole company was reporting. So we had a baseline and I think that's important. If you don't have a baseline, you're looking at metrics without knowing their meaning. So the beta test with our leadership team gave us our first baseline and now we're using that with the whole company. So Definitely, if you can roll it out, do so. Now, I know that you may have a smaller team. It might even just be you and a virtual assistant. I can't stress this enough. I wish I got this advice when I was where you are at, if you're just starting out, and that is do it for you. Do it for you and a virtual assistant. Because once you start to build your team, now you have the whole system in place and you're not gonna have time. When your team gets bigger, you get busier. And so you have the time now to put it in place and use it, Now it's just a matter of expanding it as your team expands. I can't stress that enough. Now to wrap this up, I wanted to implement this wellness tracker because I envision a work culture for my business where a live launch is not going to throw our entire team into an intense state of overwhelm. And so the wellness tracker, specifically the spreadsheet, is meant to keep projects moving forward and a lot extra time and space to quality check our work and our goals. It's my hope that this will deter us from any emergency situations that might require additional tasks to be completed in short periods of time, in turn, extra working hours. So I want to avoid as many emergencies as I can. This is not foolproof, but I think tracking your weekly three initiatives that you're committed to getting done, tracking if you're on track with your goals or not, every week, and then tracking your stress level and your happiness level, I think those are the main, most important things to the wellness tracker. All right, let's turn this around and give you some action items so that you can implement some strategies into your business and benefit from all you've learned today, because I definitely covered a lot. So let's circle back to company core values. I want you to create your core values if you haven't, and consider adding a core value around intentional margin. You can call it whatever you want. And making sure that you are encouraging your team to come up for air. So I challenge you to take some time to not only revisit your core values if you have them or write them if you don't, but get creative with ways you can start to measure some of these core values, especially the ones that you know you're struggling with or that are really, really important to you. Now, our wellness tracker is a tool that can be utilized in any business, even if you're a solopreneur, as I mentioned. So I'm going to recap the most important things to note when you take the steps to implement your own wellness tracker. Okay, number one, to track your teams or if it's just you, just your wellness, stress, and happiness. If you're burning out every week, you won't be able to sustain the progress of your micro goals and therefore your larger big picture goals. So we're going to track your wellness, your stress, your happiness. Two, reflect on how you or your team are doing as human beings and therefore provide the connection and support to help them when they're struggling and celebrate them when they're doing well. Three, If you have a team, ensure all team members know the importance and value of their role and how it serves a larger mission and purpose. If you don't have a team, spend time reflecting on your mission and purpose weekly. And four, create a space where your team feels empowered and seen and heard. If this episode piqued your interest to start a wellness tracker within your business, here are a few things I recommend that you can use to keep this a weekly priority. A task management tool like Asana to send out an automatic weekly task to complete the wellness tracker that day. This can work both for a team or a solopreneur. Number two, a software to issue a form, but that's like as simple as Google Forms. So you can draft questions that will help you evaluate their stress and their happiness and the hours worked. You can just put that into a Google Form with drop down options. And then beyond the form, so remember the form is like, how stressed are you? How happy are you? How many hours did you work this week? Did you give people shout outs? That, but then the spreadsheet that has those two tabs, remember the first tab displays your quarterly goals. And if you're on track, off track, started, haven't started them, whatever, the second tab displays your weekly three goals for each employee that you'll need to complete in order to stay on track to get those quarterly goals done. That's it. And it's so effective. Also, as my team continues to use it and we learn what we want to change or what's not working or we get new data, I'll be sure to share that on the podcast. So stay on the lookout for that. All right, my friend, thanks for joining me. This was a little bit of a longer episode for sure, but I hope that you found it valuable. And if you want to do this, just take baby steps, get something started. I think the most important thing is the consistency to do it every single week. And remember, the more questions you ask, the more overwhelming it will feel. Keep it simple. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.